3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: And away we go. Hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. There is no buzz. There is no hype. There is no juice about this potential Thursday night football game tonight with the Chargers and the Raiders. Easton Stick is going to be the quarterback for the Chargers. And for the Raiders, it's going to be Aiden O'Connell. Woof. That is brutal. Like, who do they market for the game tonight? It's usually offensive players. Like, if they were, I guess, Devontae Adams with the Raiders and then with the Chargers, is it Khalil Mack who they would go with? I, I guess it would be Khalil Mack because Austin Eckler's having a miserable season. Herbert's hurt, and he's done so for the year. And on the offense side of the ball, like Keenan Allen's a solid player.
2: I I think it would be Khalil Mack. This is the Max Crosby, Khalil Mack show.
4: Yeah, I I guess so. Yeah. Crosby's a very marketable uh, person as well. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of uh, Max Crosby and and what he's been able to do to overcome things as well. He's, he's a sensational player. Like, is it weird to like, Stu, do you think like, we all know how great Max Crosby is, but nationally, is this guy still underrated? Because the Raiders, on the NFL Top 100 list, they, they do have three top 15 players that are voted on by the players in Josh Jacobs, Avante Adams, and Max Crosby. But when you talk about the best defensive players in football, people will still say Aaron Donald. People will say Miles Garrett. People will say uh, TJ Watt. They'll say Micah Parsons. Max Crosby's deserving of being in that conversation. And I feel like with a national dumb down scale a lot of people don't put max crosby in that conversation.
5: Yeah, I think it's cuz he's playing on the raiders and playing on a team that isn't very good, but I I agree. I think he's definitely top 5 to 6 defensive players in the league and I mean, he plays every play. He rarely comes out, you know. Obviously when he's hurt, he he'll come out, but I think he had like a streak of playing like every snap this year up until yeah. like two weeks ago. He's just incredible. He he's wonderful.
4: And, and also, he I, I, this is gonna sound like it's a disrespectful comment just with the way that that I talk about this person, but he does have a little Derek Carr in him. And what I mean by that is that he actually loves playing for the Raiders. Like Carr, I find could be obnoxious at times. I think he tries to make it out that he's a whole lot better player and he should be held in a a class that he's just not deserving of being. But no one could question the actual love that Derek Carr had uh, for the Raiders before, right? They got rid of him and Josh McDaniels happened and all that stuff. Crosby, you could tell even though he, he deserves better, not probably deserves
5: better. Definitely deserves better.
4: Does deserve better. That he he loves this organization. Somehow, yeah, some way. There's no doubt. I don't I don't know what they serve in the smoothies that they that they uh give out to the players.
2: They're in Vegas and the fans are awesome. The fans. Sure. How, many, how many fans would travel from one city to another with that team?
4: No, I, I understand what you're saying. And there's some great fan base, that, like Eagles fans travel everywhere. Steelers fans no, I mean, travel everywhere.
2: I mean travel when a team moves. Right? Oh, like how gotcha. Many, how many fans would like did Houston Oilers fans? Fan, yeah, did Houston Oilers fans follow the Tennessee Titans? Mm-mm. Did uh, uh, Cleveland Browns fans follow the Baltimore Ravens? No, a little did complicated
4: the, there, especially with the way that yeah. that ended. No did, way.
2: Did the Baltimore Colts go to Indianapolis? Mo- no. Most play, most play, uh, teams don't switch cities. No. Raiders fans have followed them to Vegas, and like that's a crazy fan base. That is a loyal. Fun fan base, and like, say what you about the Davis family and Mark Davis, and how and they've been losers for the last twenty years too. Yeah, it's it's a fun franchise. It may not be a winning franchise lately, but it's a fun franchise.
4: No, but to that point, even though like we have all worked maybe in some places that are fun places to work in, but when you have a toxic culture and all you do is lose, 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 selfishly, even though you enjoy maybe the people you work with. You may say to yourself, and you enjoy the support you get, you go, man, maybe I go to another team and maybe I go to another organization that is uh, a whole lot
2: better. I do like that song, All We Do Is Lose, 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 No Matter What. (laughs) (laughs) That's all they do. All they do is lose. It's it's crazy. You had a bunch of losers on this side. I'm a former loser here. I mean, now that my team is going to win the Super Bowl this year. But, well, like, quite frankly, Jets and Raiders, I mean, a bunch Chiefs, of losers.
4: The Chiefs have become a loser ever since you joined the bandwagon. Just uh, wait. Just wait. Mike the we're,
2: Mush. We're we're the uh, the Golden State Warriors of the regular season. We, we kind of lollygag through mm-hmm. it. And then once we get to the playoffs, we turn it on. Super Bowl, championship, back-to-back. Tom Brady, watch out. Patrick Mahomes is coming after you.
4: I, I actually think it's one of the, the more gutless things I've ever seen someone do abandon the Jets, and I get it, the Jets, you'll hear more about them coming up later on my Zach Gilb show PSA since it's a Thursday, because I am very annoyed at the Jets for one particular reason, and I'll get get to that in a little bit, but you have been a Jet fan your entire life, and you've been through so much crap. In the year you get Aaron Rodgers, even though he gets hurt, and he's going to be coming back for them next year, you... Like, you have dreamed of getting a quarterback that is of the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, even if it's only going to be for maybe another year or two max. For you to leave now and go join the Kansas City Chiefs and be a fan of the, uh, of the Chiefs' kingdom, that's what I just don't get. I, I I really don't. I understand you have been tortured, you have suffered, but you're getting Rodgers next year. And I know sometimes Rodgers could be insufferable, but separate what you think about Rodgers as a human being and what Rodgers says, and now it's sometimes tough to keep up with some of the things that he says. The football player, Aaron Rodgers, is like a god in the football world. And that's why I don't get why you you jump ship now. I,
2: I didn't jump ship when we got Aaron Rodgers. I jumped ship four plays into the season when he got hurt. And I realized that the football gods will never allow me to mm-hmm. find joy as a Jets fan. Again, mm. they're punishing us for what Joe Namath said before Super Bowl three and guaranteeing yeah. that win. The football gods have punished us ever since. And it's just, it's not worth the heartache. I got a beautiful daughter at home who just turned one. I got beauty and fun and joy in my life. Why allow myself to continue to be tortured and brought down by a franchise that sometimes by their own fault, sometimes not by their own fault, just continues to just break my heart. It's just not worth it. But
4: Stu, like, let me talk to a logical human being right here. He doesn't realize that the Chiefs, if we would have said before the year, the Chiefs would lose five games, everyone would say you're crazy. We're now going to week 15. They've already lost five games. I think we have a link here. The yeah. Jets are a losing organization when Samter roots for them. And now <laughs> they're turning into a bunch of losers once again
2: when, when Samter goes in and joins the Chiefs' kingdom. So you're the problem. Don't forget the Chiefs also lost week one before I joined and jumped on. When I jumped on, the first two, oh, four, the they went on a six-game win streak when I jumped on that bandwagon. They yeah. were six and one. Thanks to Mike Sam for jumping on that bandwagon, and then look, listen—they yeah, accept through. But again, results. you know, whatever, it happens.
4: I, I don't accept the results of other things that you're saying.
2: I'm just, uh, I'm just stating fact,
4: brother. Yeah.
5: Still. And by the way, for your earlier question, Prime Video tweeted out seven hours ago. Oh, hold
4: on. Is this the the, yes, the marketing? Yes. The two
5: players. Yes.
4: Raiders is Devontae Adams, right? Yes. Is it Khalil Mack for the Chargers?
5: It is Khalil Mack. Okay. Yeah.
4: I was thinking, I know Bosa's injured, but I thought maybe you know they'll, they'll put Bosa
5: on there. Ready to put on a show is the slogan. Yeah.
4: <laughs> what, they're going to put Al Michaels uh, to sleep tonight? <laughs> like, if I'm Al, I'm going to the early bird special tonight, and I'm getting very intoxicated for this game, maybe having a few scotches, maybe hitting a, a little bit of uh, of a pen and having a nice steak dinner, and I don't care. Like, a- NBC gave up on him now. And I know that his employer now is Amazon Prime Video and this is an Amazon Prime game. I'm saying, Kirk, this is one that you're going to earn your money. Herbie, carry me. Carry me on this one. And I'm getting as intoxicated as possible if I was Al Michaels. I
2: will just say this. Khalil Mack has 15 sacks. Oh, he has, he's he's great. He, hold on. He has 15 sacks. He's he going to get six. 20 by the end of tonight. He has six against the Raiders earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. He could break Strahan's record tonight. That yeah. could be what we're watching. He could be on sack number eight and working on Strahan's <laughs> record.
4: I hope that doesn't happen. Here's why. Because then we're going to have to go on a search for for, for a new board op because Stu would be dead. So <laughs> Stu wouldn't even make it to work tomorrow. No, no,
5: this is good. Tank for the higher draft picks. No, this no. Is, but, this is great.
4: But you would be dead. Like, if Khalil Mack... Breaks the sack record tonight. Well, he's at 15 and it's 22 and a half, Correct. right, with Strahan? If that happens and he gets a 23 tonight, you will physically <laughs> die. I, I will have to go get black uh, a black suit and I'll have to go to your funeral in two days and, and have to eulogize you.
2: Listen, he could break two records in, in one night. If Khalil Mack breaks the all-time record, which is 22 and a half sacks, First football it player means to that kill he's going to break Derek Thomas' single game record also, yeah. seven sacks. Let's go, Khalil Mack, eight sacks. I'm calling it right now. Can we
4: bet on that? Just, oh. There's got to be an over for Come Khalil on. Mack. Uh, that I think that's my one bet on the game tonight. I'm taking the over on whatever the Khalil Mack uh, sacks are in this game, because it is going to torment and literally kill Stuart Kovacs. But tonight, uh, you look at these two teams. You know their starting quarterbacks. Well, Aiden O'Connell is now the starter. Stu, do you think they should go back to Jimmy G? Like at this rate, Aiden O'Connell's not the guy. We all know that. You paid Jimmy G. There's a chance Jimmy G is starting game one next year, even though we all know that this was a Josh McDaniels decision just because of where the contract is. Wouldn't you just go back to, to Jimmy G and put him back on the field and have him play the final four games of the season? Nah. Or is that, uh, that's McDaniels they're guy. Both, I want no part of
5: they're him. They're both terrible. I don't want any part of Jimmy G. And I guess I don't really want part of O'Connell either. I'm kind of hoping for a, a rookie quarterback. But
4: that's why I
2: think you need to go to Jimmy G for the Because he'll final be the guy that games. probably
5: starts next year no matter what and then they will go to the rookie.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't do a lot of player props, not to cut you guys off. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of player props, especially not with sacks. But the Khalil Mack over under for sacks tonight is 0.75. Oh my so god. So just sa- one sack. Oh. He just needs a sack. <laughs>
5: Uh-oh.
2: That's it. But like you know it's the same thing like the 30 with the with the Patriots and the Steelers it felt like it was too, too good, good to be, to true. be true. Vegas yeah. knows something, right? 0.75 sacks. It feels like he's going to get 9 tonight, but like Maybe he doesn't get one.
5: He kills the Raiders ever since they traded him. There's no way he doesn't get at least one sack unless he gets hurt or something like that.
2: I think this is
4: the easiest. Is this the first time we're all going to join forces together and make a show bet? We have not Since I have been here since September, we have not made a show bet where for the good camaraderie of the show, we have all joined forces together. I think this is a good night, and it's something easy to root for. It's just one time Khalil Mack has to get through that Raiders offensive line and sack the quarterback. I I think, guys, I- I'm in on it. Stu, you you in on this tonight? I'm in.
2: I'm
5: in.
4: And Samter, I'm assuming you're in on this as well.
2: Week 13 last year, December 4th at the Raiders. Zero sacks for Khalil Mack. I'm just saying it could happen. You know, what? if you guys are uh. both going with the over. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way. Of course he is. No, but that's I'm going good. With no yeah. sacks. That's good. I'm going because with no sacks. When
4: all three of us are on something, I usually tell the listeners to fade, fade, fade us because whenever that happens and on anything, right? All these shows now, like Scott Van Pelt when he's doing the Monday Night Football, he goes up. Everyone's picking one team. I'm gonna be the other guy so we don't get clowned. That that's good. You're playing the the SVP role.
2: Yeah. So I mean, it's either a if we all pick one thing, fade the other way, or whatever. Snapter picks just fade the opposite. So, Pretty much. Yeah.
4: You know, I, I say that you have this uh, negative kind of juju with you. Mush. Well, yeah. A mush. Whenever you you go from one football team to the next, they end up losing. I think also I have some negative buzz around me too because whatever producer I get paired with here at CBS Sports Radio, the producer just makes the worst picks in the world, and they always end up being
2: wrong. I will say this: if you were ever to listen to someone making picks and use those to fade them to use those picks to it's hickey. to to make you know to make your own picks like if you're going to listen to anyone about picks i'm the last person yeah. ever i do not care at all about betting mm-hmm. i don't ever gamble i i've played fantasy sports a few times but I've never actually gambled on a line with points, spreads, over-unders. Never. Don't care. Don't yeah. pay attention to it. So never listen to anything I say about this. Well, what song. I'm
4: saying is that's why people should listen to Hot take Kiki. And you just fade everything he says. I've never seen someone be so adamant about his predictions. And this is going to happen. This team's going to crush this team. And it always goes the other way. You know, he looked at me last week. and he, he, During the break, he said to me, are you crazy? He, I go, first off, you're telling me I'm crazy about a prediction when I said the Bills would beat the Chiefs. He goes, if that happens, I'll shake your hand. I never got the handshake on Monday, by the way. But that's how, how confident he was that Kansas City was not only going to beat the Bills, was going to smother the Bills. The moment he said that, I go, I'm placing even more money down on the Buffalo Bills on the money line. And it ended up uh, panning out well. It was a good weekend for your stream.
2: Yeah, the top five take five Wednesday Bills. You're going to regret that one.
4: No, I'm not. They're not even making the playoffs. The Bills will make the playoffs. They're not
2: a top five NFL team, not going to make the playoffs in the AFC. And
4: the Bills are going to be a threat come postseason time.
2: And you'll see. Everyone on Monday, everyone on Monday is going to be saying, saying here comes the Bills. You're you're saying that the Bills are going to win a playoff game. Oh, yeah. Are they going to win the AFC East? Are they going to come back and take over the Dolphins? No, the Bills
4: will not win the AFC East. There's a chance because the Dolphins have a very tough schedule. But the Bills will be a playoff team, and the Bills will win a playoff game this year. Hmm. This AFC stinks. You got the Ravens, you got a eh, Chiefs team, and then everybody else it's like, oh, we like you one day, then we hate you the next day. The
2: Bills are 11th in the AFC. You're telling me they're jumping 5 but, teams? But,
4: but look at the separation from 3 to 11 right now. Sure. Everyone's like grouped together. What is it from 8 wins to 7 wins is all 3 through 11 right now? Sure. So, that's I'm telling you, this
2: is a down year in the in the AFC. Here's what's going to happen: They got the Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins left. You know the Pats are absolutely winning that game.
4: No, no. Here's why: the Patriots to beat them once this year. They're not beating them twice. No. There's zero percent chance they beat them twice. No. So
2: that's a possibility.
4: Three out of four. All right. Bare minimum, they're winning out of these when final lose four by games.
2: Thirty to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Yeah, then I'll
4: it? be wrong. Yeah. Then then I'll get on the air and I'll say I was wrong about the Buffalo Bills. We'll see. But I, I'm latching on to the Bills, and I sprinkled some money on a uh, plus a thousand on them. Bet a $1,000, but I, I sprinkled some money at plus $1,000. And uh, they're my dark horse to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. The NFC, it's going to be what? One of three teams, probably the 49ers, but it's either the 49ers, the Eagles, or the Cowboys. No one else in the Super Bowl is getting to uh, get into the Super Bowl out of the NFC.
2: I mean, you're already shutting the door on the Lions? Yeah. The shutting li- the door? Yes.
4: Hmm. And I was like the most pro-Lions person back in October. In October. You know, I was starting to say they were a Super Bowl. Condition. I've
2: lost faith, but I'm not shutting the door on the Lions.
4: They, I think their Super Bowl would be winning one playoff game this year, and now they're not going to be, they're not going to have an opportunity to get two playoff games. Like there was a while we thought, oh, they'd be the two seed, you get two playoff games, then they're in the NFC title game. That's not going to happen. And once they get out of their own building, problem, big problem. When they get out of their own building, so it is Zach Gilbert show on CBS Sports Radio. Get ready for Aiden O'Connell tonight up against Easton Stick. Jeez. I need a stick to stab my eyes out tonight when watching this game. Al oh, Michaels will probably feel that way too. Antonio Daniels is going to join us on the other side. Was the NBA right to indefinitely suspend Draymond Green? And also, what's going on with Zion Williamson? We'll talk to Antonio Daniels next.
3: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: All right, and we continue. This is Zach Gelb's show, Coast to Coast, on CBS Sports Radio. We'll talk some hoops right now. We'll do so with one of my favorite basketball analysts. Does a great job, Sirius XM, and also as a TV analyst for the Pelicans. And that is a NBA world champion with the San Antonio Spurs back in 1999. And that is Antonio Daniels here with us. Antonio, always great to see you, my man. How are you? I am awesome, Zach. How you doing, brother? Well, I'm doing fantastic. So I think this is one of the funniest controversies ever. But we saw it last night on who should get the game ball With the Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers, who was in the right? Who was in the wrong here? Who should get the game ball?
6: Who cares? (laughs) Really, really, like it's like the NBA is a twenty-four hour, three hundred and sixty-five day soap opera. It was a like here is the thing. So last night I was doing the working the Pelicans versus Washington Wizards game, so I did get an opportunity to see it last night. Today during my SiriusXM show. It was on in my hotel room. So I got a chance to watch it. If you didn't know and optics matter, right? And you see everything that transpired, you would have assumed that like, oh, hell broke loose. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what just happened? Like the game is over and guys are in each other's faces and Giannis takes off running to the back. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Are they are they beating up the Nassus? Like, what is the deal here? And then you realize all oh, this is transpiring because of who got the game ball. So it's like, okay, that happened. Back to Draymond Green. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the NBA now. It's like the regular season this year,
4: we've probably talked about five things. And, and I get it. On, on our show, there's a lot of NFL. There's a lot of college football this time of the year. But When we talk about the NBA now, it's like, what does Draymond do that's stupid? All right, Giannis is now fighting over a game ball. The Spurs, uh, with Victor Wembanyama, have lost 18 in a row. And then, oh yeah, the Lakers are going to hang a banner for winning this uh, in-season tournament uh, championship. Those are the things that we're talking about when it comes to the NBA International national show. It's a joke.
6: I-, I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm. Trust me, brother. I- I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. It- it's, it's not a. It's not a whole lot. Like, think about it over the last two days. It's the real waste
4: uh, of the NBA. That's what it's turned into.
6: That's true. That's true. And over the last two days, it Sirius XM NBA radio has turned into Draymond green radio. Yeah. Over the last two days. And, um, that's the only, not, not the only story. Obviously you don't want to sit here and just talk about games and, you know, to, to watch Victor women and Anthony Davis go at it last night. That was pretty cool. You know, that was pretty awesome. Um, watch some of these younger teams that are really surprising, watch Minnesota tie for the best record in the league, you know, watching Oklahoma city continue to climb the ladder, watching the biggest or second biggest surprise in the league to me in Orlando and the job that Jamal Mosley's doing down there. Like those are some of the things that, that we should kind of focus on more. But as we know and the culture that we live in, a lot of times it's the negativity that gets the headlines.
4: Antonio Daniels here with us. All right, talking about that negativity. We all saw what happened with Draymond Green and, and Nurkic. Now we know the league has suspended him indefinitely. What's been your reaction to the last few days?
6: Um, I, I struggle with indefinitely. That's the word I struggle with. Um, because we don't know what that means. I I wonder and I ask the question, Zach, Zach, Why is it that the NBA has come up with a number for everyone else? But in this particular case, it's not about the number. It's more about, okay, well, let's get Draymond Green back right, which should have been a priority forever ago, though. That's the thing. the, The fact that getting Draymond Green back right has become the issue now after everything that we've seen. You know, you think about last year, punching Jordan Poole, stepping on Domas Sabonis, and just recently choking Rudy Gobert, all these other kind of things where it's like the writing's been on the wall. So why is it that now it's like, oh, okay, maybe this is something we need to get under control when I feel like many people, and us in the media as well, are at fault for where Draymond Green is right now.
4: And Antonio, I I thought I was on an island because I had so many takes over the summer. I thought the juice wasn't worth the squeeze anymore with Draymond Uh Green. And I thought they should have moved on from him. But I didn't expect the Warriors to do that because they've enabled all this throughout the years. And they just rewarded him a brand new contract. Like, think about it. You could punch a player in the face, your own teammate. And then they get rid of that guy after the season. And they keep you and they pay you $100 million. And the greatest irony of this all is... Steve Kerr knows what it's like to get punched in the face
6: by a teammate. But, but Steve Kerr doesn't know what it's like to get punched in the face by a teammate and for it to go viral. Fair. That that That's the thing. So, and think of all of these different incidents that we just referenced, right? So we can think of the four incidents on the that we just referenced. So let's go all the way back to training camp of two years ago where he punched Jordan Poole, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then after that, you have the Domas Sabonis incident in the playoffs. Yep. And then after that, you have choking out of Rudy Gobert, and then you obviously have what just transpired with Yusef Nurkic. Prior to this one, out of all the things that's happened, he's never been suspended for more than five games. And to put some context behind this, Kyrie Irving for sending out his anti-Semitic tweets was suspended for eight games. John Morant for doing what he did, was suspended for 25 games. But everything that Draymond Green has done, even they talk about being a repeat offender and so on and so forth, he's never been suspended for more than 5 games. So the question that I ask is maybe if the punishment was a little wor- uh, was a little more harsh then maybe we're not having these issues in these conversations today.
4: Yeah, and, and I call the commissioner of the league uh, spineless silver because I think he lets the players get away with too much. And the Warriors, it's almost as if they've been afraid to punish Draymond Green as well, and they've just left that on the league. When and, you're winning, it's okay, Zach. Yeah, when, you, when, you're, when win you're winning, it's, it's okay. fine. Everyone ignores it. Like, like look back right. at the finals with everything that, that was happening in that playoff run, and people are like, oh, is Draymond really worth it anymore? than they win a championship, and it's like,
6: up, oh, right. it doesn't
4: matter if we well, think it's worth it or not.
6: So I'll tell you what I found out throughout the course of my career is if your talent outweighs your baggage, a team will rock with you. Yeah. A team will rock with you if your talent outweighs your baggage. The moment that your baggage starts to outweigh your impact, now teams and organizations are having different conversations about you. And you see it quite often. You see it quite often through the course of history. Teams will deal with a lot when you're averaging 30 points a game. Teams will deal with a lot when you're winning championships and taking them to the NBA Finals. But when that 30 points per game is now 14 points per game, now they feel like they can replace you with someone else that can do the same things you're doing as far as impact is concerned without the baggage. But it's tough for me to believe that they
4: think that when you just gave them $100 million this offseason.
6: But then the thing is you don't know what Draymond Green is coming to this season. Like, let's be honest. Did you think coming into this season, a quarter of the way through, that Draymond Green would have been suspended twice already and he would look like he's on the last leg of his career? Did you think that coming into this season, that Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins, after the way that Andrew Wiggins played a couple of years ago, would be this bad this early in the season?
4: What I thought going into this year was Draymond, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I wasn't a believer in him anymore. And with Clay, There's been, even though last year, right, the numbers look good, there were too many inconsistencies where where I thought his his better days were behind him. Like, this isn't shocking to me, and that's the thing with the Warriors. They keep on rewarding people for what they've done in the past. It's not, how do we move this forward and still find a way to get Steph another championship and build a better team around him?
6: But see, I feel like if that was the thought, that thought would have taken place years ago. When you had James Wiseman and you had Jonathan you Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, it was amazing to me watching the way that the Golden State Warriors have moved because you had lottery picks and you were playing guys like Anthony Lamb, who's not in the NBA anymore, Ty Jerome, who's not a role player anymore, playing ahead of Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and guys like James Wiseman. That was always different for me. I, I tell you what I think one of the most difficult things has to be. Anytime you lose a player with ERA after his name, it's an issue. Watching a dynasty come apart is never pretty. It's never pretty. Like, what dynasty have you known that actually fell apart? And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is a beauty. Think about it. The San Antonio Spurs for 20 straight seasons did their thing. Yeah. Right now, they can't win they're sitting on – Right, eighteen losses in a row. Look at the Patriots right, right now, too. You, exactly, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was the best coach in the league when Tom Brady was there. Then Tom Brady left, and now he's on his way out. So we see it all the time when you have dynasties, and those dynasties have to come apart. It's never a pretty. It's never a pretty sight. And what we're seeing right now, what I feel like this Draymond Green situation has done, Zach, is it's expedited some conversations. So now it's forced some things to, brought some things to the forefront that maybe if Draymond Green doesn't do the things that he's done, maybe we don't have to discuss. Will Clay Thompson be a a Golden State Warrior moving forward? You know, what are they going to do with Andrew Wiggins? Because this is Steve Kerr's last year under contract. This is Chris Paul's last year under contract. This is Clay Thompson's last year under contract. But now what Draymond Green has forced us to do is have some uncomfortable conversations about this dynasty moving forward, in my opinion.
4: So let me ask you this. You are Steph Curry. How do you handle this? What do you say to management? What do you say to Draymond Green right now?
6: I I have a hard time believing that Steph Curry hasn't already had these conversations. You know, these guys have, have gone through wars together. These guys have gone through hell together. I don't know what else I can say. My thing is, I want Steph Curry to write this out. I want him to write this out. I don't want him to be like everyone else. And the moment that things start heading south, uh, you know what? Get me out of here. Trade me. Trade me somewhere else. But here's the thing. You just spoke to it, Zach. You reward Draymond Green with a four-year, $100 million contract. You trade him. That means somebody has to take that contract on. And the question that you ask, like you said, is the juice worth the squeeze at this particular time in his career? If this is eight years ago, yes. Absolutely. But today, right, but today in 2023, Not a close. 33-year-old Draymond Green that struggles to shoot the ball from the outside and was drafted into a perfect situation for his skill set. Is he having this same impact on any other team in this league is the question.
4: And I, you're talking about Draymond? Yes, and the answer is no. Like right. like if Draymond's not on the Warriors, he's like even with he's going to be Hall of Famer, you know, have his number right. retired, but mm-hmm. he, he he would be playing himself out of the league right now if he was on any other team.
6: So, how do you move him? So, if Steph Curry <laughs> says, well, the the, un- the, says, the
4: unfortunate answer is you got to attach some picks with him and then that derails your future as well if you have a bad season. Correct. Correct. There's like no what win player, here.
6: Right. So what, what is the what is the plan now moving forward for Golden State? Because like Steve Kerr said, if they still view themselves as a championship team, which I'm sure they do because they still got Steph Curry, mm-hmm. any way you look at it. But in the words of Steve Kerr, if we don't have Draymond Green, we're not a championship team. Yeah, That's why they go out and they sign him for $100 million. I felt like the first domino to drop with the Golden State Warriors starting to splinter and come apart at the seams was Bob Myers leaving. Yeah. I felt like that was the first domino to drop. And now you're starting to see a couple other dominoes fall.
4: It's almost like they're afraid to know what life is without Draymond Green. And when Bob of Myers course. leaves, I-, I thought a big reason why he left was he knew down deep the tough decisions he was going to make, and he didn't want to ruin the relationships with people that he won
6: and has and has won championships with. Okay, Zach, let's keep it 100. Do you think that Bill Belichick wanted to know what life was like without Tom Brady? <sighs>
4: You know what? That one was weird. I actually do because their egos got in such a way with Brady and Belichick that they both thought they could win on their own.
6: Do you, think, do you think Greg Popovich wanted to know what life was like without Tim Duncan? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You can go down the list of different guys. Do you think that Phil Jackson wanted to know what life was like without Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman? No. Not a chance.
4: No, no way. <laughs> not a chance. So I can
6: understand. I can understand Steve Kerr trying to ride this thing out. And Steve Kerr, to me, is the band on the Titanic. Like, he's going to play until this thing goes down. (laughs) You know, he's going to, look, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play. But when this ship goes down, I'm going down with it. He is doing everything within his power to try and keep this dynasty alive, which I completely understand because this is what he knows.
4: Wrapping up with Antonio Daniels, what do you make about the conversation regarding Zion Williamson and the shape that he's in
6: right now? I I feel like it's low-hanging fruit. You know, um, when he plays bad, that's always the discussion. When he plays bad. And it takes a nationally televised game against the Los Angeles Lakers where the lights were obviously too bright for the New Orleans Pelicans on that particular night. You know who it wasn't too bright for? LeBron James, right? He's been Shocker. to the finals ten times. He understood the assignment. And what I was told is in Las Vegas, it, it mirrored a Western Conference Finals NBA finals set up for the end season tournament with the media, with just the way that things were going. I I just, for me, if you want to, if you have an issue with the guy, I get it. There's a way to go about it. And some of the things that are being said about this young man, because I know this young man personally talk to him quite often are insensitive and borderline bully. And I do have a problem with that.
4: So who is the true Zion I, Williamson? The guy that you know, who is
6: the true Zion? He is a great kid. He is a great kid. And here's the thing, though. Did I have it all figured out at 23? I didn't.
4: No, Neither did I.
6: I'm not going to lie to you. Like, Listen, I went through four years of college at Bowling Green State University and came to the NBA, and I did not have it all figured out. I didn't. We have to understand when guys are one and done what we're asking. Everybody's not coming into this league like LeBron. I don't care. Guys may be ready physically to dominate, but it's more than just physical. There's a mental aspect to this. There's an emotional aspect to this. There is a social media element aspect to this that we don't take into consideration. And what we assume as a culture, that if a guy is compensated financially and he is popular or famous or a celebrity, that he should be able to take whatever is said to him. And that's not the case. These guys, regardless as to the amount of money they make, are still humans with feelings. If you want to criticize a guy with constructive criticism, I get it. I get it. Because that's building a young man up. But to continually tear him down and tear him down and tear him down and speak to him like he's not inhuman, or that he doesn't have feelings, for me, I just don't grasp the concept of it. I only have a will.
4: minute left. Last thing I'll ask you, Antonio Daniels. If someone says to you, it's 18-game losing streak for the Spurs, uh Victor Wembanyama is supposed to be this generational player. Maybe it's time to move on from your former coach and Greg Popovich. What do you say to that fan that says that?
6: I feel like Greg Pop has earned the right to leave when he wants to leave. I feel like he's earned that right. You know, when you or in San Antonio and you win five championships to a, bring five championships to a small market, had this team championship relevant for 20 plus seasons. I feel like you have earned the right to a few bad seasons. You've earned that right. And when he finally decides to say, you know what, this is it for me, then, you know, he'll go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach in NBA history, but, Just because he's struggling right now, because his team lacks experience, they lack age, they lack overall talent in comparison to the rest of the NBA, I feel like the easy thing is to say, let's move on from him. So the question I would ask is, you're moving on from Greg Popovich, arguably the greatest coach of all time, to whom?
4: And most people don't have that answer. That's a tough part, to replace Pop. Good luck. <laughs> it's tough to do. That's, not the, easy, that's yeah. not the
6: easiest thing to do. Yeah.
4: Maybe you. I, I think you could be a coach one day, Antonio Daniels.
6: Uh, I. You know what? I believe when God is ready for me to coach, he will bless me with that opportunity.
4: He's Antonio Daniels. Does a fantastic job. My favorite listen when it comes to the NBA, SiriusXM XM, NBA Radio, also Pelican TV analyst. Antonio Daniels, always great to catch up with you. Thank you.
6: Appreciate you, Zach. Always, brother. There
4: he is, Antonio Daniels, joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And before we take a break and get to the Zach Gelb Show PSA, let me just tell you that you could stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local zone. Get in the zone, uh, at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Update time. Here he is, Pat Boyle.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
4: Today's memorable moment is sponsored by Prevagen. Prevagen is the most recommended memory support brand by Pharmacist. The last time the Chargers and Raiders squared off was in Week 4. The Chargers won 27-14 behind a six-sack effort by Khalil Mack. Aiden O'Connell started for the Raiders in that one and completed 24 of 39 passes for 238 yards but had no touchdowns, one interception, and lost two fumbles. Let's get to a little Zach Gilb show, PSA.
0: Morning. Morning. It's a Thursday. What do you have to say? It's the weekly Zach Gelb Show PSA. Who's with me? Let's go!
1: Come on!
4: So I'm in a survivor pool here at CBS Sports Radio and WFAN. Going into last week, I was down to the three final contestants. On Thursday, someone picked the Steelers to beat the Patriots. They go out. So it's yours truly. And then a very nice salesperson by the name of Kelly. Very nice girl. And we get to Sunday. Now, all throughout the week, I share this survivor pool with my best friend. We have two entries. And Kelly shares it with her husband. So I don't know what their pick's going to be. They pick the Ravens to beat the Rams. So all throughout the week, my friend and I are debating who should we pick. Considering the Jets to lose to the Texans. So we're considering taking the Texans. We're also considering... Uh, Potentially going with the Packers to beat the Giants. And then also a minor consideration for the Saints to beat the Panthers. My best friend goes, We're taking the Packers. Gotta take the Packers. Like, I don't like that pick of the Packers. I think they could lose to the Giants. And last year, we had a similar conversation where I let him win and get to pick the team because I wanted to pick against the Jets. The Jets ended up losing or winning, uh, uh, losing that game last year, which we would have won the week. And the team that we pick the team that he uh, said that we should go with, ended up losing. So this year, I was very adamant. We are picking against the Jets. We're taking the Texans because I'm not letting the Jets screw me two years in a row. And then Randall Cobb decides to score a touchdown. It was a 0-0 game at halftime. Everyone gets hurt for the Texans. And the next thing you know, the Jets not only beat the Texans. They blow them out. Now, I lose, but I still have a chance to win some money. Because you're in a great affair in a game between the Rams and and also the Ravens. And the Ravens win in a walk-off uh, punt return for 76 yards. So the PSA that I have is never trust the Jets to do anything, even to lose games, when they're great at losing games. Because usually when you expect them to lose, they then find a way to win. So that's my PSA. Never, ever, ever trust the Jets to help you out to do anything.
2: Welcome to my hell.
4: Well, you, you abandoned so. his All former right. hell. Stu, go ahead. What's your PSA tonight?
5: Mine is SantaCon. SantaCon sucks. I wind (laughs) up being in the city every year accidentally during SantaCon, whether I'm working or I'm just... This past weekend, this Saturday, I was out with a couple friends. Didn't know it was SantaCon. As soon as I got on the train, I saw a couple people dressed in Santa costumes. It's SantaCon. It's It's the worst. It's too many people. It's... Chaos. And everyone's drunk, too. Everyone's drunk. It's just a, a total yeah, it's a disaster. I, yeah,
4: I thought the worst thing I was going to see was on the NJ Transit today. There was a bull that was on the loose on the tracks. Oh, yes. I thought that would be the worst thing. But you are right. When it was SantaCon, oh, it's, it's insufferable uh, to take public transportation yes. during SantaCon.
2: And for those who don't know what SantaCon is, in New York City, everyone dresses as Santa. And there's a pub crawl, bar mm. crawl. Throughout the entire city. And you get a bunch of drunk Santas and reindeers and yeah. Santas helpers and Mrs. Clauses just And elves. Falling all over themselves throughout the city and just being drunk. There were two Santas who got in a twin fight in front of my building. I have the video. Oh, really? It. It very funny, yes.
4: Oh, I would love to see that after yeah. the show. Anyway, what's your PSA quickly? we got a minute left.
2: All right, so my PSA very quickly. You know my daughter's b- first birthday was this weekend. Yeah. A lot of well-meaning people. Oh, whatever you need. Whatever kind of help you need. Mm-hmm. Just let me know. And then when you ask him for actually... To help, they're not there. Don't ask. Don't offer to help. Don't offer to do something. Don't offer to be there for somebody. And then when they actually take you up on the offer, you're like, oh, sorry, I can't do that. You know what? Then don't put the damn offer out there in the first place. It drove me crazy.
4: Well, I will say is for your daughter's second birthday, I will offer to help you if you need any help.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see what's going to happen 364 days from now. Hey, Zach, you want to help me uh, out some, some gifts in the car? No, sorry, I'm busy.
4: That's too much uh, weight to, to try to pick up things, you know. I don't want to be strenuous on my we shoulder. We did get a
2: lot of gifts. It was very hard to lift everything. I mean, carrying gotcha. things up and down the stairs and, well, and out of the car. If you need help
4: with that, seriously, help me out. Uh, you know, right. hit me up. I'll well, come over I, I, I help got
2: some onesies out. for you if you want to try those on.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not a onesie uh, type of guy. Uh, that, that is not me. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Fun show today. Big thanks to Stuart Kovacs. Big thanks to Michael Sam, three and every one of you for listening and participating with the extravaganza. Also, big thanks to Phil Sims for stopping by and Antonio Daniels as well. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific for a big Football Friday show. Hall of Famer. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Hoo, hoo. Joe Thomas will join us. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Peace.